Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago, Illinois. And I am your host, Tariq Alameen. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program airing every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.cev.com. You can check out previous episodes at RadioIslam.com and also download them on SoundCloud. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, as I just mentioned, all at the same handle at Radio Islam USA. You can call us at 312-750-1178 and tweet your questions to me directly at Imam Tariq Alameen. That's at I-M-A-M-T-A-R-I-Q. E-L-A-M-I-N. So tonight, before we actually get into tonight's program, we want to extend our thoughts and our prayers to those who continue to be affected by Hurricane Harvey, those who are also dealing with the havoc that Irma is wreaking. And we pray for the safety and well-being of all of those folks who are uh, caught in the eye of the storm, so to speak. So tonight we are talking with a powerhouse uh, and I, I, I do not use that term loosely. We're talking with a gentleman who is, well, let me just go ahead and tell you about uh, Mr. Bashir Jones. Uh, he is a current candidate for Cleveland City Council. He's an impassioned leader, motivational speaker and spoken word artist. He's a distinguished graduate of Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, who in 2006 earned a degree in African-American studies. He also later pursued graduate studies at Howard University in Washington, D.C. He held the distinction of being the youngest news talk radio show host at Radio One. He's been interviewed by Time, Jet, Essence Magazines. He's been a guest correspondent on CNN, MSNBC, and C-SPAN. And now he's here on Radio Islam. So this is the cherry on the Sunday. This is the icing on the cake. Once you get to Radio Islam, you have made it. <laughs> so he was the regional field director for Organizing for America and the Democratic National Committee during the 2012 presidential campaign. He also published. He's also a published author. And he um, uh, his book was entitled I'll Speak for Change. Uh, he is the president and founder of the Bashir Jones Foundation as well as a proud member of the NAACP and Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. He has received various awards and recognition for his, for his accomplishments, including the Emerging Leader Award from Congresswoman Marcia Fudge and the Urban League's Distinguished Men Award. Bashir ran for city council in Ward 7 in Cleveland's 2013 election, and he is the creator of the Be the Change Leadership Series, in which he facilitates leadership and character development workshops within various school systems throughout the state of Ohio. He delivered a powerful, heartfelt TEDx speech at Cleveland State University entitled Changing the World One Young Person at a Time. And I can personally recommend this. Uh, I definitely recommend you go to YouTube and check it out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, his dedication for speaking on behalf of the voiceless, it has allowed him to travel throughout the country and the international circuit, delivering an inspirational message of hope and change. Mr. Jones is a devoted community servant, 
that strives to live by the affirmation that we must be the change that we want to see in the world. We are so pleased to have you with us on Radio Islam this evening. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you, Brother Bashir. You are totally right uh, with everything that I've, I've done. Um, nothing can compare from ha- uh, for, ha- for having the opportunity to be with the Muslims and uh, to be on this show. So this show is, is, is even more important to me than any other place that I've been, from CNN to BBC or any of those places. When you get a chance to, uh, to be with your own, um, uh, that, that does something. That does something. That does something to you. Well, praise, praise be to Allah. Praise be to God. Um, and we are definitely appreciative, and we are, we are cheering you on um, in your endeavors. Um, there's, there, that was quite a bit. And I really could have read uh, your bio, and I should let our listeners know that that was a truncated uh, version of the man's bio, right? Mm-hmm. Now, had I, I would still be reading right now. So, and uh, there was quite a bit, uh, quite a bit to it. Um, but I would like to start our conversation off. Uh, we mentioned that you are currently running for city council in the yeah. 7th Ward of Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Tell us a little bit about, and, and hopefully we'll have some time to get into uh, just the layers uh, that, that, that you represent. But tell us a little bit about what has led you into public service. Well, you know, my, my mother, um, my, my dad was her, her soul. She was a, um, she passed away seven years ago from breast cancer. And she was just a phenomenal woman, man, who taught me the importance of giving back and that true success doesn't mean anything unless you give back. So she taught me that at a very young age. There were two places that she always made sure she kept us in, the library and the masjid, always. You know, I'm a third-generation Muslim. My grandparents are Muslim, mother and father, and now I am. Uh, I've been, rather. So public service has always been a part of our lives, our lives whether it's feeding the homeless, even though we're homeless ourselves, uh, whether it's giving back, reading to young people, spending time with the elders. It was always about giving back. That was her main focus, Sadaka Jadia, giving back, giving back, giving back, um, so that when we leave this earth, you know, we still can be benefiting from it. Um, so my mom, man, that's who she was. So uh, ever since I came out of her, her womb, it's been about giving back to the community. So, you know, I decided to run for city council. Uh, this is actually my second time running. And I will become, inshallah, uh, if we win, um, the first Muslim in this position in city council in Cleveland, Ohio's history. So we'll be the first. So it's it's exciting, and it's it's bigger than me, and uh, it's about the people and giving them uh, the opportunity to be served by by someone who comes from and understands their condition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first, um, I say to the to the memory of your mother, you know, may 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 God uh, forgive her any errors and multiply the reward for her good and grant her paradise. And may she continue to to be blessed through your good works. Uh, Second, I say for our non-Muslim audience who may not be familiar with some of the uh, colloquialisms of, of Islam, uh, inshallah, it, it simply means uh, if it be God's will with God's permission. So um, 
I would like to refer to something that you said. Uh, as I said, I looked at your, I watched your your TEDx uh, talk, and I thought it was it was really uh, inspiring. And there was something that you said in there that I think has great impact on uh, on, on service and and how we process our current environment. And you said that the medicine for our anger is gratefulness. So I want to repeat that again for our listeners in case you didn't catch that said the medicine for our anger is gratefulness. And I bring this up because we seem to be in a particularly uh, stressful and angry time uh, to a degree. How do you would you relate that for our listeners um, and and how you go about your uh, your your quest to serve? Yeah. You know, I, I teach classes and I told my students yesterday I said, you know, you, you all are uh, complaining about the work is too tough, or you're complaining that, you know, there's no food in the house right now, or you're complaining that the lights got turned off, or whatever your situation is. But there's people right now in Texas whose house is absolutely flooded. There's people right now in Florida who are not aware of, you know, the catastrophe that could possibly be coming their way. There's people all across this globe who are suffering much more than you. So be grateful where you are. Mm-hmm. Be grateful for your situation. And we know that in the spiritual text it says that God will give you more if you're grateful. So we got to be grateful for where we are. And that's tough sometimes, but sometimes we need reminders. We need reminders. That is the medicine for our anger. You, you wouldn't be as angry about whatever your condition is if you knew that there were some people out there who were dealing with even worse than you. You'd become thankful. You'd become thankful. Um, and when you're not grateful, what ends up happening is is that you... <laughs> is that you don't even notice the blessings of God because you're so worried about what you don't have that you're not even paying attention to what you do have. Um, so the definition of being rich is really contentment. It's the definition of wealth, contentment, be content with you. I'm not saying you don't want to have ambition, right? but, but, be, but be thankful. Be thankful. Mm. That, is, that is definitely a, a powerful message and, a, and a, a poignant reminder for us, especially as we are... Uh, as we see, you know, our fellow citizens going through or dealing with the destruction of their property, you see the loss of life. Um, yeah, gratitude is it is definitely central uh, to being able to live in a state of contentment. Uh, so I want to ask you also, because uh, as I said, uh, just just in reading the intro that uh, you, you you're involved in quite a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they say, you know, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, I want to yeah. I want to ask you a bit about uh, what was the impetus for the Be the Change Leadership Series, and um, how has that how has that grown from from its beginning uh, to the present day? Well, you know, you know that came from Mahatma Gandhi, Be the Change You Want to See in the World. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what you're dealing with in Chicago is not much different than what we're dealing with in Cleveland. Right. Um, and what every other inner city is dealing with across this, uh, across this country. And the fact is, is that we have to understand and be able to teach our young people that there is no savior on the way. There's nobody coming to save you. You got to change. You got to change your situation. You got to change your condition. And when we when we when we teach our young people this, you start to see them straighten their back out. You start to see them tie their, tie their bootstraps. You start to see them moving in a different direction when they recognize that the change that I'm looking for must come from me. 
And this is what I truly enjoy about teaching and education. So I created a Peter Chan leadership series, and I travel around the country, around the globe, really, teaching it um, from Australia to Brazil to the U.K. Uh, I just got off a tour with Imam Saraj uh, in the U.K. We did a 20-city tour and did a tour with Mahir Zain and Omar Regan and Amir Suleiman mm-hmm. out in Australia, you know, and just talking about the importance of giving back. Now, as spiritual people, we recognize, because of what we're taught, that God has the power, but he has also empowered us to change our condition. So we understand this. But many people are not aware of it. Many people are not aware, or they've been told or brainwashed that the power lies somewhere else. So we gotta re- we got to really brainwash them. we got to wash their brain of those, <laughs> that programming that has been given to them and start to say, listen, you want to make a change? You can make, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but the change that you're looking for is in you, young man, is in you, young sister. And, you know, what you all are dealing with in Chicago is a, is a, is a, is a national catastrophe, but it's not much different than what's going on in Cleveland and what's going on in Little Rock and what's going on in Atlanta and Brooklyn. Well, not so much Brooklyn now, but uh, what's going on in Oakland and other inner cities across the country. This is the message that we have to inspire our young people with. You are the change that you've been looking for. It's you, little brother. Just, just, just change the way you view the world, and the way that you view the world will change. Well, let me ask you this. To that point, how do you? What is your methodology for connecting with young people? Well, for me, it's poetry. It starts with poetry. Okay. Um, poetry and hip hop. You know, I'm a poet. Uh, I can rap. You know, and. That's like the bubblegum flavor medicine. So that's my inroad to them. Once they can see that I can spit, that I can rap with them, you know, and I can I can put words together and make it sound really good, then they're like, oh, man, he's cool. And then once they see that I'm cool, then, uh, not that I needed them to tell me I'm cool, by the way, but uh, <laughs> once, they, once they get that, then it's like, okay, I can listen to him now because he can relate to what I'm dealing with. And then also I, I, I separate the what from the why, you know, if we look at the what, we're going to think our children are a bunch of animals. Mm-hmm. But if we look at the why, and an uh, elder told me the other day, why stands for who hurt you? Who hurt wow. you? The why. You know, why, why are we like this? Why are black people like this? You know, why do, are we in this condition? Not what, because you think we're a bunch of animals, but mm-hmm. why and how? These are the questions that will help us get closer to the solutions. Mm. Looking at causation as opposed yes, to effect. Yes, yes ab- absolutely, absolutely. And uh, there's an old saying that says that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that is definitely reality uh, just across the world and certainly, you know, manifested in our inner cities, you know, around the, uh, across the United States. So uh, I also want to ask, I guess that lends itself to the, to my next observation or next question uh, in, you know, looking at some of the, the accomplishments or the things that you've done, you were responsible for putting together one of the largest youth voter registration drives. Um, was it in the, in the history of, of Cleveland or was it the history of Ohio? I'm not sure what scale it was yeah, on. Yeah, definitely the history of Cleveland. In the history definitely. of Cleveland. So, um, Getting getting a young person to listen to you based off of, you know, their artistic or the cultural connection, 
you know, uh, this 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 uh, the mode of, of of poetry, spoken word. Mm-hmm. How did that translate, or did that was that a part of the uh, the translation or transference into political mobilization or uh, engaging and, and mobilizing folks, young people in a in a political way? Did that mm-hmm. was that a connection there between those two things? I, I think that's an amazing question, Mom. That's an amazing question. Um, I, I, when people trust you. Then, then they're moving in a direction that you ask them to move into. So they know that you're not going to ask them to do anything that's going to be harmful to them. So in Cleveland, mm-hmm. Cleveland is my city. I know y'all think it's LeBron's, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> Cleveland it's is my city. city. And uh, when any young person is killed in this city, mm-hmm. their family calls me. Anybody is going through financial struggles or going through any way that I can help. I, I speak at all of the graduations. I, they trust me. Mm-hmm. They trust me because I haven't given them any reason not to. So that, And they love me. The community loves me, and I love the community. So I think it has a lot to do with them, me already being in their homes, mm-hmm. already being in their schools, being at, their, the, 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 at the funerals of their children and their, and their comrades, mm-hmm. you know, being in the streets, being, um, you know, just being in these different avenues, being in their churches, being in their mobs. So they, they know me and they trust me. So they came out in a big way. They came out in a big way. And then, of course, we know the snowflake effect of being in Chicago. So your, your guy, uh, uh, President Obama, uh, he told us that that's the snowflake effect for one person. One person knows 10 people, 10 people know 100 people, so forth and so on. So now you have a movement. Now you have a movement. So it had a lot to do with uh, borrowed trust. And it's not that they necessarily believed in the political process, but they believed in what I was telling them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's scary sometimes because you know how politics is. It doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. Um, um, sometimes because of the process and, and other times because you don't have the right people in office. But they trusted me. And um, and as you know, Ohio is a swing state. Ohio is a very important state politically in this country. Yes. Um, Cleveland is the biggest city in Cuyahoga County. Mm-hmm. Cuyahoga County is the largest county in Ohio. And Ohio is one of the most important states uh, in the top three of important states in this political election. So if you want to win, uh, no one wins the presidency without winning Ohio. The last person to do it was back in uh, a long time, long time ago, maybe Reagan or something like that. But Ohio, you have to win Ohio. You have to win Ohio. So, yeah. Okay. You know what, uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to pick up on uh, and listening to your response to that question. There's a word that came to mind, and that word is accessibility. So I want to pick up after the break on this idea of accessibility and, and, and what that means to you um, as a, as a public servant. So, uh, so folks hang on. We, uh, like I said, we'll be right back at uh, WCEV 1450 AM radio Islam and just hang out and we'll be right back. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. 
So that old window leaks? How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later, and you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey! the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, my name is Stanley, and I've been arrested for stealing shoes. I didn't really steal them, but I've been sent to Camp Green Lake anyway. The worst punishment a kid could get. And at Camp Green Lake, we dig holes. Lots of holes. I've only been here a short time, but I think the camp director is up to something. I'm Stanley Elnats, and I'm covering more than dirt at Camp Green Lake. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Holes by Lewis Sacker. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. We reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. That's www.wcev1450.com. You can also check out previous episodes, previous shows and programs at radioislam.com or at SoundCloud. So we are looking forward to continuing a, a great conversation that we're having with uh, with Bashir Jones. And we'd like to we urge you to let us know what you think. If you have any questions for him, give us a call at 312-750-1178. And remember, you can follow and tweet us at Radio Islam USA or you can tweet me directly at Imam Tariq el so we are back, as I said, with Bashir Jones, and we left on the note. I said that the, the word that came to mind after his last response was accessibility. Now, this is very much in the, I believe, in the prophetic tradition, you know, being a man of the people. And I'd like to ask you, uh, in, the, in the midst of running for, a, for an elected office, how does that or does that take a, a toll on you? 
without a doubt, Pastor, that's a phenomenal question. You know, right now, uh, I'm actually a, a master's student uh, at Bayonne Claremont um, for Islamic Studies and, and, and Leadership. And um, and the reason why I wanted to, to get this degree uh, is because we have to understand that this public service is a blessing, but there's a spiritual component that I have to be aware of for my own self, but there's also a spiritual component for our community. It's not just what we see, but it's what we don't see that's really impacting us. Mm-hmm. Um, so spirituality plays a big part in it. As always, before I start anything or do anything, it's always in the name of God. And, and I'm not to say that I'm, I'm a perfect person because I'm not. We all got issues. Uh, if you say you don't lie, it's your issue. So we all dealing with something. Uh, but, but more importantly, the spiritual aspect is what, what really helps. And then I have a very powerful family. I have a great family uh, of people that support me and love me, who keep me focused and uh, who keep me fed mentally, spiritually, uh, and emotionally. Hmm. So where do you find, uh, once again, I go back to this idea of being busy, but I, I actually I don't really care for the the term busy i think it's being a purpose a person of purpose um and people of purpose are rarely uh idle um but there's also the the concern uh that you have to find balance you know because the purpose can can consume you so how do you find how do you find balance you know that's interesting i've heard people say that a lot and i don't i i haven't you know i don't have the answer to that Imam, I don't. Inshallah, maybe you can give me some advice uh, before we get off this phone um, <laughs> in order to find the balance. But um, what I, I spend a lot of time with my family. I spend a lot of time with my family doing this work in the community. Um, I, I, I play basketball, and uh, I try to, uh, to, to work out from time to time, just you know, taking some walks. But you're right, it's never idle. Even when I'm just sitting down on a couch you know, I'm thinking a mind is racing sometimes. So mind, body, and spirit, you really have to keep them all engaged because they are kind of like the checks and balances for one another. Um, but I think it's important to have a good company of people. Uh, one elder told me that uh, it's better to be alone than to be in bad company. Right. But it's better to be in good company than be alone. Right. So when I feel like I need to be fed, you know, you know, I think that the people around me are so wonderful. They stay in tune with me, and they and they, they, they either give me that space or they give me exactly what I need. And right now, I'm five days away from our primary election. And I tell you, my mind has been, like, you know, <laughs> just kind of anxious, man. You know, you've been working so hard to, for something. You just don't know. You really don't know how it's going to turn out, you know. But, you know, my family, man, has kept me, kept me focused and uh, has kept me you know, remembering God and remembering that anything that you are supposed to get will never pass you by. So that's that's a blessing. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I, I, I draw a lot of, um, I'm not going to say, I'll say comfort. And, uh, you know, I'm just nodding my head as I listen to you talk about the importance of family, of having people around you who can who can correct you. Who you know? Who can make sure that you stay grounded? And I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, what is your opinion on, on this thought? Uh, because I have more questions than I do answers. 
Um, but the moment you begin, the moment you lose your love for what you're doing, uh, mm-hmm. and I believe that for all people who who give themselves to public service, uh, whether it be elected or it's just being that person that folks can call when you know they lose a loved one or when their son or daughter is in trouble, uh, the type of individual, the person uh, that you are, I think that when you lose the love for it, then it becomes a weight. Um, so uh, would you agree that it is about that there's a certain element of, of, of passion, of love that's involved with it that allows you to sustain uh, the type of schedule that you do to, to spread yourself the way that you have? Uh, Imam, you, you're, you're speaking with so much wisdom. Speaking with so much wisdom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm very passionate about about this mission. And and sometimes your family um, your family don't get don't get you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your children miss you. Sometimes your your your, your, your wife misses you. Um, but my mission comes first. Without a doubt, my mission comes first, and they are a part of the mission. Right. Um, if they are helping with the mission, but the moment that they don't, now they are adverse to the mission, and now either they're going to get on board or uh, they're going to get off board, uh, and hopefully they don't get in front of the train. So this is <laughs> extremely important that we, mm. as men, I can't for anyone else, right. but as a man, my mission is what God has given me. And the reason why I love those who are around me is because they are on board with that. And and, 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 and and the very moment that someone is not on board with it, then they will be out of my life because I'm doing what God created me to do without a doubt. That's hard for some people to understand. But as long as I understand it, then um, because I would hate for my children, for me to pass away and my children look at their father as a man who was moved by the emotions of people to not achieve what God put in him to achieve. Mm. No, 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 no. I got to do what I was created to do. And if you love me, you down with it. And if you just love the, the if you just love what you think I am and not what you know me to be, then that has everything to do with you. But I got to achieve this before I go back to my creator. Cause he's going to ask me about it. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's going to wind up, that just might wind up in tomorrow's khutbah. Uh, <laughs> MashaAllah. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I want to, um, uh, to, to, I guess, not really shift gears, because I think all these things are interrelated. Uh, you said that in five days you have the opportunity to become uh, the the youngest and also... Well, yeah, the, well, the, 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 in five days, it'll be the primary, so right. it'll knock, knock, knock it down to two uh, because there's more than there's, there's six people in my race. Um, and then in November, November 7th, is the general election. Okay. Um, so, inshallah, if God wills, we'll get past, uh, we'll, we'll get past this primary. So that's where I'll focus in. Okay. So t- tell us, t- tell, uh, tell the listeners, uh, myself, what is the difference between 2017 and 20, uh, 2013. What is the difference between the first time you ran and this time? Well, you know, Imam, losing teaches you something that winning can't ever teach you. And it really 
humbled me, that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I was, or I didn't believe I was arrogant, but I felt like, hey, listen, man, I'm, I've come back. You know, I, Simba is back. You know, I'm back. <laughs> I'm here to, to change the world, you know? Right. But it's only God. Only God can change the condition of our people. Only God can do it. So now I realize I'm just a vessel. If if he wants me to win, I'll win. If he doesn't, if it's not best for me, then it won't happen. If it's best for me, it'll happen. Right. If it's best for the community, it'll happen. So now my mindset is different, whereas when I lost the first time, well, when, I, when I perceived it was a loss the first time, boy, I was crying like a baby. This time, I wouldn't cry. I right. wouldn't cry. I wouldn't feel defeated as I, as I felt four years ago. I would feel like uh, I did what God wanted me to do. And I did the best that I could. My team, we did the best that we could. And the people just may not be ready for for what we are striving to bring. And that's okay, too. That's okay, too. Um, so I think that's what it taught me more than anything, to just slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Right. Slow down. You know, uh, and, and the thing about introducing new ideas, um, and first, let, let me say this. I pray that it is God's will that uh that that it is your time you know uh to to move into this next level of leadership um i sincerely pray that you know but you know with all things we always you know recognize and relent to the fact that you know allah knows best but we pray that that is within his within his plan um you have moved along uh you know that there's been a steady path and i don't know if you've if you've seen it if it's been um if there's been an, um, uh, a certain deliberation within it uh and what i'm referencing right now is in 2012 uh it says that you were instrumental you know in the in the election you know during that election cycle that 20 um uh the presidential election and mobilizing young folks uh mobilizing i would i would gather that it was not just young people that you were mobilizing you know the 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 electorate in general right uh and the position that you took you know that 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 was a national uh position uh correct yes sir so did you see did that come upon you um did it take you by surprise did you did you find yourself surprised that you were in a position that you were in you know, subhanAllah, uh, glory be to God. I, I guess you saying it right now is making me look back at it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it like that. You know, I, I think that's one thing, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Imam, that when you are always striving and always ambitious, you don't take the time to kind of just be in the moment like, wow, I, wow, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, this is always where I wanted to be, but I'm here. You automatically start thinking about what's coming tomorrow, what's coming the next week, what's coming the next month. Mm-hmm. So I, now that you're saying it, I'm like, wow, that's powerful. Um, <laughs> it was actually a regional position, yes, but it was national in a sense because of the importance of Ohio, the importance of Cleveland. Um, but I look back at it and say, wow, man, I guess it was, I guess it was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I guess it was. Uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, and that, and that's the thing about being a person of purpose and, and working is that you often don't have time to look at what you're building or what you're a part of building, you know, because you're, you know, you're always building. So uh, sometimes it's good to, to have somebody else show you a picture of, of what you've helped to, to bring about. 
So um, I want to ask you now, um, as this primary is coming up, how has the, on, on a larger scale, how has the, the political climate, the social climate, that is a reflection of, the, of our presidential administration, how has that affected things on the ground in Cleveland, or has it? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, Trump is the manifestation of 400 years of American uh, oppression. He is a manifestation of it. So I'm not surprised that he's the president when this type of sentiment has existed in this country. And we have experienced it. It's not surprising to us. It's surprising to some. But we've experienced this in classrooms. We've experienced this getting stopped by police. We've experienced this in restaurants. We've experienced it in trying to get loans. We've experienced it in hospitals. We've experienced it in the quote-unquote justice center. So, you know, we've experienced this. Um, you know, so so I, I think that not only the political climate, but the fact is, is that this isn't new to us. They've always uh, uh, had this type of uh, vibe towards our towards our leader, towards our community. Mm-hmm. You look in Chicago, man, Fred Hampton and these great men and women who, who, who fought uh, on behalf of the freedom of people. Um, and now you have a president who is in place right now who's, who's, who's in reality removing the freedom of people, recently ending DACA or, or mm-hmm. quite possibly sending back almost 800,000 immigrants back to their, uh, uh, not their native lands, because their native language has become English, and, and they don't even know the language uh, in which they're trying to be sent back to. So this is a time when people, I don't like to hear people say, my vote don't matter, it don't count. This is a, a true sign and a testament that it does count, that it is important. Right? So, you know, Imam, I, I, I look at it and say, I can't be mad at Trump if I'm not doing nothing. And, and this is my message to those who, who are Muslims, particularly. Mm-hmm. who say, you know, I don't want to get involved in politics. Prophet Yusuf was, alayhi salam, he was, an, he was a politician. Mm-hmm. He was a politician, right? You have to understand politics. You can't say, you're you paying taxes. You're paying taxes every day. Mm-hmm. So, so this idea that you're not going to be involved in politics because this is the land of the unbeliever or whatever, this type of stuff is, is ridiculous, because you are being impacted by political decisions every single day. And we have to tell our children this and teach our children that we have to become a part of this system, not stay away from it, because what ends up happening is that the system is making decisions every day on behalf of us. So we got to, we got to have our own voice. Mm. We don't have a voice. And uh, as I speak to those who, are, who, who, who did immigrate to this country willingly, who are Muslims. And I say, you better listen to the African-American Muslim, because if it wasn't for the African-American Muslim, you wouldn't be able to experience the freedom that you experience today, the freedom to be Muslim. It was African-American Muslims who suffered, who gave their lives and their blood every single day to water this earth so that you can build those beautiful mosques. Why is it that African-Americans have these masters and homes and we are, we are in situations where we, in most cases, you know, are very, come from impoverished community, communities. Well, because, that, because of what America has done to black people and continuously does to black people still today. Still today. 
Absolutely. And, and what you're speaking to, you know, we're talking about the actual economic capital versus the cultural capital or the, the social capital uh, that we have amassed, you know, over centuries here uh, and continues to be uh, monetized and exported around the around the world, not just as uh, as Muslims, but, you know, as African-Americans. Um, there is a, a cultural capital uh, that we have that does not always recognize, you know, materially. It doesn't always manifest in a material fashion. Um, but I would also, you know what, before I go, because I'm looking at where we are right now, we're going to take a quick two-minute break. But when we come back, uh, Brother Bashir, I want to ask you, how has this, uh, because we're talking about the effects of this Trump administration, um, but I also want to ask you, has it had an effect on coalition building uh, in Cleveland? So I want you to let that let that uh, simmer. We're going to be back in two minutes. This is Radio Islam. We're on 1450 WCEV uh, AM. We broadcast every day, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we'll be back with Brother Bashir Jones in just a moment. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. scared. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. We reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450am.com. You can review our prior shows at radioislam.com. You can download the podcast 
of past episodes on SoundCloud. Follow us on all social media platforms at Radio Islam USA. We're having a great conversation with uh, just a really an inspiring individual, uh, Brother Bashir Jones, who is a current candidate for the city council in Cleveland in the uh, 7th Ward. And we were just wrapping up the last segment. Um, and the question was, in light of the Trump administration, in light of the uh, the feelings that it is that it has stoked and, and brought about, uh, there's a lot of division, a lot of stress and angst. What has that done in terms of um, how is that how has that affected coalition building uh, for you there in Cleveland? You know, Imam, I actually think that these type of situations provide amazing opportunity because we have a common enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't like, I hate to say Trump is the enemy, right. but definitely what he represents is enemy-like. Mm-hmm. And people who didn't think that they had anything in common now has, have many things in common. I'll give you an example. The Muslims, and, I, and I'm speaking for the Muslims, and even your, your audience who who may be of different faiths can also relate to this. But for the Muslims, those who are African-American or Pakistani, Indian, uh, Arab, so forth and so on, when President Trump made his statement and said, I'm banning these Muslims from, from coming here, all Muslims, you didn't hear Muslims say, I'm Salafi, I'm Sufi, I'm Sunni, I'm Shiite. You didn't hear anybody saying this. He didn't say that. He said, I'm banning the Muslims. He didn't make no distinction. So that put us to say, you know what? We got to work together. We got to work together. So I think that when these type of things happen, uh, it actually inspires people who would have never worked together before and inspires them to come together and and, and fight for a common goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so we've seen the... Uh, the the representation of that, uh, I think, all across the country. Um, and that is definitely, I guess, a silver lining, if you will, in having someone like a Trump in the White House. So, uh, you know, there's good in this, even even in this situation, there there is some good in this. So I, I want to ask because we're we're getting close to uh, our wrap up time. I want to ask you, uh, are there any particular uh, and is there a particular thought that you would like to to leave or impart with the listening audience this evening? I mean, you've given you've given quite a bit to consider uh, already. But is there anything mm-hmm. that that you might not have gotten to that I, I may have not that, uh, have asked? Well, Allah, Imam, you, I, I swear by God, you this is an amazing interview, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. I think the message that I would like to give. And, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois, he had something called a double consciousness, yes. being black and being American. Mm-hmm. But what I experienced and what you experienced, Iman, is something that I call the triple consciousness, being black, American, and Muslim. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these three, world, these three worlds do not get along. Where you have blacks who don't like Muslims or don't like America, or you have Americans who don't like blacks and don't like Muslims, and you have Muslims who don't like Americans and don't like black people. <laughs> So these worlds are come sometimes colliding. So I want to say, number one, to the African-American Muslim, and this is why it's important, because the majority of the time the audience that I speak to are not Muslims. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. They are not Muslims. But there is an opportunity for us to express who we are. And for my brothers and sisters who are not Muslims, who are out there, it's imperative for you to learn and not be told what Islam or who Muslims are. Don't be told. Get to, get an, uh, take an opportunity to learn about people. And you will find that this man, Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, mm -hmm. you would love him if you got a chance to know him. You would love him. You would appreciate him. And what would this world be like if he never existed? And to the African-American Muslims, I want to say to the elders who are out there that I thank you. I thank you. Because you were Muslim before it was cool. Mm. I thank you for your sacrifices. I thank you for all the seeds that you planted. I thank the, 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 uh, the community of the Nation of Islam. I thank the community of the War of Dean Muhammad. I thank the community of Dar Islam out of New York and the Muslim, uh, the Muslim Islamic Brotherhood, MIB, out of New York. I thank these different movements that came about during the 70s. And even here in Cleveland, Cleveland has one of the oldest, the second oldest masjid in the country, Masjid first Cleveland masjid under Imam Hajwali Akram, who became Muslim back in the, in the 40s mm -hmm. under the Ahmadiyya movement. So there were Muslims in this country that planted seeds for people like myself to benefit. And I am the harvest of the seeds that you planted. I just want to say thank you. I want to take a moment to say thank you, particularly to African-American Muslims. I love all Muslims and I love all people. But you asked me a question of what I would like to say. I want to say <laughs> to African-American Muslims, of the elders, I say thank you. Thank you for planting those seeds. And even if you didn't, quote-unquote, understand Islam in its totality, you, because no one understands Islam in its totality, but what you did, well, you were the best Muslim that you can be, and you did the best that you could at that moment and at that time, and it's up to us to take it to the next level. But we couldn't have done that without you. So I'm running for city council in Cleveland. I'm doing this work because I am only the, the, the branch of the tree of the root that you all, uh, of the seeds that you all planted. So I just want to say thank you, that I love you, Imam. I love all of my elders who, 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 who fought for Islam to be practiced here in this country. I thank you for what you've done. May Allah bless you, and may he make you of those who he loves on the day of judgment. And I thank you. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I could not be more moved if, uh, if you were in studio with me, um, you know, and what's from the heart reaches the heart. And uh, I, I truly felt that, you know, in my heart. Um, you know, once again, I, I'm, I'm also a beneficiary. So um, but this is not about me. <laughs> so what we want to do is I'm going to ask for everyone who is listening. I want to ask for you to take a moment and offer your sincere we, we have to pray for those who dedicate themselves, who give their time in the service of others to relieve the distress of others, to show a, a better way uh, for those who work with our young people, for those who remember the contributions of our elders. We have to keep a place in our heart and a place in our dua, our prayers for them. So I ask for you all to pray for the success of Brother Bashir Jones. Uh, pray that that God, that Allah continues to use him for his purpose. Um, it has been a, a true pleasure. It's been a true pleasure to have you uh, join us on Radio Islam. 
you will certainly uh, remain in my in my dua and my prayer. I pray for that, that that God give you all the success and continue to use you for the upliftment uh, of of our people and all people. So um, with that, we are we are coming to a close. Uh, I would like to let our listening audience know to be mindful. There were a few things that were mentioned. Um, I'm looking over at my producer and I'm seeing how much time do we have? Can I make this announcement real quick? Okay. So uh, I would like for us to be mindful of the the situations that require our attention. DACA being one of them, uh, reach out, contact your senator, let them know that a permanent fix needs to be uh, enacted on this. They've got six months to do it. That's what our president has given. They have six months to do it and they need to get the job done. Um, we can't have almost a million people uh, have their lives upended. You know, there's nothing morally right about that. So uh, let's address that. And let's also be mindful of the, the genocide, the horrific conditions that are existing uh, in Burma for the uh, Rohingya people. Uh, these are indigenous Muslims who are being who are literally being slaughtered. So reach out to the uh, send a tweet to the secretary of state um, uh, send a tweet, uh, tweet to the Secretary of State, to your uh, local elected, elected officials. Uh, we've got to make some noise on this and, uh, and do the, what we can to bring about some change. So tonight's show, uh, tonight's show has been executive produced by Abdul Malik Mujahid. Our engineer tonight is Leonard. Our engineer in the studio is Ibrahim Baig, uh, the masterful Ibrahim Baig. Uh, I am your host, Tariq Alameen. As always, the words that have been uttered, have been spoken, are not necessarily the thoughts or views of sound vision, but those of the speakers themselves. We look forward to speaking to you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central. And we ask you to have a great evening. We leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace and only God can give be upon you. Thank you.